Adam Ashwell. We'll be hearing a lot more of his name in the years to come. This 17-year-old ultra cyclist has accomplished so much in a very short amount of time, and Oni has great things in store for his future. It was in 2015 that Adam was introduced to the famous race across America when he and his family set up Time Station Number 30 in Fort Scott, Kansas, out of their home. Adam met Christoph Strasser and immediately fell into the Ram addiction. Since then, Adam has lost over 50 pounds and, in just a couple short years, has gone from riding over 200 miles in his first 24-hour time trial at just 9.9 miles per hour to racing a 100-mile century recently with an average speed of 21.2 miles per hour. Amazing! Adam has also competed in the Texas Time Trial six-hour event, the Sebring 12-hour time trial, and the 60 V-Ram race this year. Adam's story is nothing short of inspirational. I'm your host, Justin Tu. Let's roll. Hey, Ultra Family, Justin Tu here, your host of the Ultra Cycling Show. Thanks for tuning in for today's unique and special episode with our guest, 17-year-old Adam Ashwell. In 2015, Adam and his family set up Time Station Number 30 in Fort Scott, Kansas, out of their home for the race across America. He then met Christoph Strasser and immediately fell into the Ram addiction. And now he himself has an incredible journey as a cyclist himself. As he's been a spectator, but now he's actually a pretty fast 17-year-old, and I'm sure he has high ambitions. So, looking forward to talking with him and learning all about his journey. Thanks, Adam, for joining me on the show today. Really glad to have you with us. Thank you, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Can't believe you're only 17 years old, but you're already addicted to the race across America. I can only imagine <laughs> <laughs> what's in store for your future. I guess it, it goes without saying that、uh, the race across America is somewhere on your radar, right? Um, maybe I, I'm not sure. I have a few goals in mind. I would like to be able to do uh 500 miles in 24 hours, um, which、nice. is a goal that's going to be a lot easier than Ram.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but they all have their own certain ways of being very difficult. Uh, but. I would like to to do Ram on like a four person or eight person team. I don't know about solo. I've seen a lot, and、uh, I don't know if it's really on the big target of of doing that. But、um, you know, one of my biggest goals is just to do 500 miles in 24 hours.、Um, I'd also like to win an ultra event someday. I don't know if that's will happen someday, but、um, oh yeah, I, I have big aspirations for for those few goals. Yeah, I love it. No, I I believe in you, Adam. Keep going. You're still nice and young, and in the prime to be fast. And、I、look forward to following your journey. Now, of course, you have ridden quite a number of events through just the last several years as you've become a bicyclist yourself. And just actually this past weekend, you rode a century ride. Just tell me a bit about that before we get into our sprint round of questions. Uh, yeah, so that was the、uh, the annual Gorilla Century.、Um, it was their 17th year of doing it.、Um, I did it last year、uh, as an attempt to beat my fastest century, which my fastest century up to that time was somewhere around the nine hour range.、Mm. And last year, I went out and did a five hour and nine minute century. 
And I was immediately, I loved this event. And so I decided I was going to come back this year and have a goal since I've gotten so much faster in the last year of trying to do it in under four hours. And I went and was going to sign up for the event, but you know, COVID happened. So they had to postpone the ride from Labor Day weekend until October 24th, which I kind of got a little edgy about that. Uh, mm. I knew it was going to be later in the year and you're going to have to be battling with a lot more conditions, rain, wind, cold, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And I went ahead and, and I decided, you know what, we're just going to go ahead and beat five hours. And so I went and trained and trained and trained. And I got to the event on Saturday morning and it was in the low 30s. And my Wahoo said that it was 33 degrees with a real fill of 26. And oh. I started and I rode, we rode, my group rode the first uh, 38 miles at about a 23 mile an hour average. And it was, it was very cold, but you know, other than that, it, it really wasn't a huge thing, but it, nobody could stay warm, needless to say. Um, mm. But, you know, we kept on with the event. I had a lot of fun and I managed a 21.2 mile per hour average with my group. Yes. We were the lead group throughout the whole event. It was, it was absolutely a blast, and I beat my previous time by 22 minutes. That's awesome. Great job, Adam. 21.2 miles per hour. That is a nice, fast, average speed. So well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> be Thank proud you. Of I think that just last year and even the year before, you were riding much slower than that, and you've improved dramatically. Yeah. And if you were able to do that so quickly, I just wonder, as you get more experience, as you participate in more events, you know, what kind of ultra cyclist you can become really exciting. You are the youngest, the first and youngest guest on the show at your age. And so you could add that to your list of achievements. <laughs> now to let folks know, you did also participate in the Sebring 12 hour event. And so folks will be familiar with that. Also this year, you did participate in the 60 VRAM race which was one of the virtual options that the Race Across America organization offered. You've also participated in the Texas time trial six hour. And then in 2021, uh, just in a couple months, actually in January, you plan to participate in the pace bend 12 hour. So it seems like you are uh, looking to target those faster, shorter distances, 100, 200 miles, which is great. It's something that I'm pretty passionate about. And when I started as an ultra cyclist, a few years older than you, 20 years old, I felt really young at that point. And I was doing a lot of double centuries, 200 mile races. Now you are only 17 years old. And it's exciting that you got in the ultra cycling bug. It's bit you and big time. Can only imagine as, as a, a spectator at a time station seeing about halfway across the country all of those uh, ultra racers, including Christoph Strasser and many others who I'm sure have given you some inspiration. Uh, I'm sure yeah. it's given you a good perspective into ultra cycling. And so, of course, you know what you're signing up for and you know what you're working towards. And that's awesome. And so yeah. it'll be exciting to follow your journey and we'll discuss it more. But let's first get into a fun, quick sprint round of questions. Just a short series of questions to get to know you in a nutshell. Right. You could answer just in a few sentences. And then after that, I'd love to get into more of your story, your history with the Race Across America, and then just everything else that you have planned as a cyclist yourself. 
So first All question, right, awesome. is, Adam, how long have you been an, a, a bicyclist? And then how long have you been an ultra cyclist? Uh, so I've been a bicyclist for five years and I just started ultra uh, probably a year and a half ago. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> a year and a half ago. And you've already broken that, uh, that incredible mark there for a 21.2 mile per hour century. That's awesome. Yeah. I can imagine you're training really hard. How many yes. bicycles do you own, uh, Adam? I, I saw that question coming. I have, I have six bikes. Holy cow. Six bicycles? Yeah. Are your parents yes, buying yes. all those for you? <laughs> no, I'm paying for all of them. Uh, I've had wow. a few. One of them was given to me. I have a time trial bike. I have a gravel bike. I have two road bikes. I have a mountain bike. Um, <laughs> I'm nice. trying to think of anything else, but yeah, six bikes. <laughs> All right, so you've definitely been bitten and you very much are a cyclist. And that's impressive. Six bicycles at 17 years <laughs> of age. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have enough <laughs> gear to do the race across America, or at the very least, I guess, the 500 mile, 24 hour time trial. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> bicycle of, of the six. Ooh, I don't know. Um, probably my, my light speed road bike. Uh, I got that from my buddy, Mike Phillips. It's a long story how I uh, came about it, but mm. I did my fastest double century on that bike. Um, mm. Before this last week, I did my fastest century on it. Mm. Um, I did I did Sebring on that bike. I climbed the glass elevator on that bike. I rode out in Borrego on that bike. And nice. it's been through a lot. And I rode the 60 on that bike too. Well, the virtual 60. So uh, yeah, okay. we've had a lot of fun times together, needless to say. <laughs> That's awesome, Adam. And we share that in common. I do also have a light speed bicycle, carbon fiber. Of course, yeah. they're, they're quite well known for their titanium bicycles and yeah. they still do that a lot, but very nice bike. So I can appreciate that. Now I did want to show folks, this was a photo just from your century ride this last weekend. Very nice, looking fast and cold. Yeah, yeah very cold. <laughs> and we'll go over a bunch of other photos that you sent. Very nice collection that you have there. Thanks for sharing that with us. Okay, Adam, what bicycle computer do you use? Do you use a Garmin or a Wahoo or another brand? I use a, I use a Wahoo Element Bolt. Nice. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. actually quite yeah. a few people. I'd say half, half so far on the show. Half the folks using Wahoos and yeah. half still using Garmins. I myself still own both brands, but... Mostly use the Wahoo yeah. now. Uh, just quickly, yeah, what do you too. like about the Wahoo? Oh, I don't. It has an amazing battery life on it. I really like that. Um, it's not that big. It's, it's very light. I really like that factor too. Mm. And it's just, it's a lot more dependable to me than Garmin. I've had a lot of, I've had a few things happen on my last few Garmin devices. Um, and I, I switched to a Wahoo. I took a, just a little leap of faith on it. Hmm. and i tried it out and i was like wow this thing is just amazing it's yeah. it has everything works on it it's it's just perfect i don't know what it is about it but i i love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i've heard the same thing from other guests on the show and in my own experience i must agree it's pretty incredible even at the price point that the wahoo sell for you get a, a big um bang for your buck on those actually so glad yeah. you're you're yeah. happy with that now, yes. when it comes to training or even racing, Adam, do you worry about things like power or heart rate? I know I should, but I really don't. I, I train to, this is going to sound so amateur, but I train to average <laughs> speed a lot. 
Um, I, I go out and I do typically my ride is 20 to 25 miles and I'll average somewhere between usually somewhere between 19 and a half and 22 miles an hour, somewhere in that range, all of my rides. Um, and then that's my days where I go out and I just ride five loops around my little five mile loop that I do. Uh, and then I have a place here in gun park, which I do hill training at mm. and, uh, you know, I'll go out there and, and do, you know, three, four 5,000 feet of climbing and just, mm. you know, somewhere between 30 and 50 miles. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, yeah surprise, for that, I, I, <laughs> surprised you're able to do so much climbing there. You know, of course, Kansas is uh, stereotypically known for being very flat and windy yeah. and I guess hot and humid and many other things. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. This is not a park, so. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So, I mean, how long is the climb that you do? Do you have to do intervals on it? Yeah, so it's a little, it's a round park. It's uh, about a one and a half mile loop. Um, and I just go around it, you know, 30 times, 40 times. Wow. And nice. it starts with a real sharp descent and then a really steep climb. And it's, it's, it's like a roller coaster all the way around it. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, sounds fun. I'll have to visit someday when we're back out in Kansas. Sounds like a perfect candidate maybe for an Everesting <laughs> attempt. I wonder how many times you'd have to ride that to, to get 29,000 feet. <laughs> it's around 290 times. Oh, wow. You've done the calculations. Jeez. Just to keep track of that will be yeah, quite yeah. <laughs> a task in itself. And yeah. I, would, I would say nothing amateur about not training with power or heart rate. I know many ultra cyclists who don't. Of course, those who are fast like you tend to get there at some point. But I think there is a lot to learn from feeling your body. Now, you know, maybe if you were yeah. structuring your training, maybe average speed isn't the best metric, but in terms right. of getting to know your body and especially building up to say the 500 mile mark or the multi-day events, I think it is a great way to learn it. You know, I would admit that probably my first 30 double centuries or even more, I was also just training with average speed and I wasn't yeah. necessarily training to be fast, but I was really just trying to build up my endurance get used to riding, not just the training, the physical aspects, but even nutrition and other things like that. Yes. So yes. don't feel bad, Adam. You're 17 years old. You already rode a century 21.2 miles per hour. I think you have a lot to be proud of. <laughs> don't sell <laughs> yourself too short there. Okay. So we'll have to have you back on the show one day when you do your first functional threshold power test, FTP, or have you, have you done one before? Well, I have an approximate FTP um okay. that i did on a trainer and it's somewhere around i'm thinking somewhere around 240 to 250 watts but okay. i'm only 138 pounds so i mean that's quite a few watts per kilo to mm -hmm. uh to hold that but uh that was held back in june so i'm not sure uh where i'm at since that's awesome adam i could i could just imagine it would be cool to get that data from you one day. You are an up-and-coming ultra cyclist, I believe it, and you just keep going, and and then uh, we'll see you out on on all the races winning. Now, Adam, when you're riding or when you're racing, what's your favorite ride snack? What do you like eating on the bike? Oh, ooh, uh, um, something very sweet. Very sugary oh. <laughs> and fruity. I like fruity flavored things. So oh, okay. whether it's like fruit snacks or something like that, 
I love it all. It's, it's, it's something that I crave. It's so good. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds nice. I would say that's unique to the show. Most ultra yeah. of course, if they're doing those really long rides, like you would like to do the, say the 500 miles, um, you know, they're doing a lot of the liquid nutrition, things like that. A lot of powders. Now, when it comes to hydration, yeah. what do you like drinking then? Uh, I usually do primarily water. Um, I do do goo roctane, which at Texas time trials, I got me in trouble a little bit, but, hmm. uh, cause I mixed my bottles wrong. Um, hmm. and then, you know, I'll do, you know, gels and stuff like that. But, uh, right. you know, honestly, I, I usually stick to a lot of water and then after my rides, I'll, uh, make up a little, uh, hydration mix and, uh, drink hmm. that a little after the ride. So, yeah, I, uh, I tried when I was at Sebring, I did, uh, I did insure and yeah. that got me. Yeah in trouble i oh. i uh that mixed with goo roctane and water um and a cliff bar every once in a while yeah i think i vomited probably 10 times maybe holy cow that's 12 in 12 yeah. hours but i mean i managed 19 a little over 19 miles an hour because i was just like i'm not going to stop for anything <laughs> i stayed on the bike nice. as much as i could <laughs> that's autumn adam sounds like you very much have that ultra endurance mindset already so that's that's really good okay adam after a nice long hard ride like this last weekend century or when you've done your subring 12 hour what's your favorite post ride meal what do you just love or crave to eat after a hard effort <laughs> It could really be anything, um, but I really like pizza. Pizza is one of my like favorite foods. I love eating it. Uh, and then pretty much anything with sugar, like uh, donuts. I really like donuts. I really like cake. <laughs> and I usually like this weekend, I came home from my century ride. I drove home. It was 26 miles away. And I came home and I ate two pieces of pizza, three pieces of cheesecake, and then two bowls of chili, and then... I can't remember. I just ate, I ate everything in sight. I was just so hungry. And I, I mean, I'll eat about anything pretty much after a ride. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, Adam. Yeah. You're in good company. Pizza has been uh, one of the top picks for guests on the show. Cheesecake is the first, <laughs> but I'm sure people are just hiding their guilty pleasures. I, I love <laughs> now on your pizza. What are your favorite toppings? Oh, Supreme. Definitely Supreme. I really like Supreme pizza. All the vegetables and stuff. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you prefer climbs, descents, rollers, or flats? Ooh. Um, I, I really like climbing. Uh, it's, it's, it's different from, for somebody from Kansas, but I do like climbing. I like, you know, the constant going uphill and, and monotonous and, and looking up it and, like knowing that once you get to the top, like this is going to be beautiful at the top right. and knowing that you just accomplished that, like the flats, they get very boring, very fast, but you can ride fast on them, but right. you're not going anywhere. Um, and then uh, descents, I get a little sketched out on sometimes. Uh, rollers, they're fine to me. I I'll do them, but uh, yeah, I, I think I really prefer the climbs over a, a lot of things. Yeah, cool. And I'd imagine you're probably built to climb as well from some of the photos I've seen. Okay, so you said you get a little sketched out going downhill, but I'm curious. Do you know what your max speed down a hill has been? Ooh, um, probably at Texas time trials. I was on my time trial bike and I had a, a really deep front wheel on my bike. It was like a 96 millimeter deep front wheel. And then I had a disc on the back and I just 
full send down one of these hills. It was the day before the race. Hmm. And I think my computer came somewhere around the 50 mile an hour range. Nice. Um, I mean, that's, that's not fast compared to a lot of people, but I've never descended a mountain before. So hmm. maybe that's one thing, but that is probably the, the fastest I think I've ever gone um, yeah. down a hill. And I was that's just pretty knees fast. up against the frame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, once you get to the 40s, it starts getting a little sketch. When you get hit 45 and upwards, it gets even crazier. Now, some people on the show, some of whom you've met before, including Marco Ballo, they've hit about 65. But we actually had yeah, someone bad. recently that did 75. Wow. Very wow. exceptional. Yeah, fast enough to go on the freeway. <laughs> yeah, who did yeah. that? All right, Adam, when do you enjoy riding the most out there in Kansas? During the fall, the winter, spring, or summertime? Oh, um, I really like the fall time. It's pretty crisp and cool and stuff like that. Um, but I also really like the springtime. So it's somewhere in between the spring and the fall. The summer is just downright miserable. But, um, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like maple syrup out here. <laughs> and uh, the winter is just, oh, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of the winter. It's, it's, mm. it's horrible. Like right now there's snow on the ground, little bits of snow on the ground. And it's just like. I'm not going to go out and ride. I'm going to sit on the trainer tonight. So Jeez. so what altitude is Fort Scott where you live? Oh, I, I live on the top of a hill and I think I'm a little over 860 feet. Mm. Yeah. Let's do a quick Google search here. Yeah, 846. I see that. Elevation. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around that range, somewhere around there. Interesting. And it gets so cold that you even get snow there. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess during the winter time, you're not really riding out much indoor training, mostly? A lot of, well, last winter, I kind of just kind of sucked it up and went out and rode in it. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's really hard to ride on a bike when there's, well, it's hard on your bike to ride in the cold weather when there's a lot of brine on the road and salt. Uh, mm. It'll ruin your frame and your wheels and cassette. Um, and so I decided, you know, this year, I think I'm just going to sit on the trainer a lot of these days, hmm. um, just for the sake of my bikes, because I don't want to ruin my bikes. So. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're a good caretaker for those six bicycles, Adam. I'm sure they appreciate it and they'll take you, uh, very long distances. Well <laughs> <I hope> so. <laughs> okay. So what time of day do you prefer riding during the morning, the afternoon or the evening? I like riding at night actually. So after 8.30 at night, I really, really like riding at that time because it's dark and there's not a whole lot of cars outside. Hmm. Um, it's, I don't know if this is just psychological or what, but you don't really seem to feel the wind as much at night. And I don't know, is something just clicks. I really love riding at night. But other than that, probably the early afternoon. I like riding in the early afternoon too, but... Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of riding at night. As long as it's not too cold, I'll, I love riding at night. Yeah, that always makes for a nice adventure. Okay, what do yeah. you think, Adam? <laughs> does ultra cycling require more physical or mental training? I think it requires equally of both, I think. Mm. Um, because going out and saying, I'm going to go out and ride a thousand miles in this race. Uh, I mean, sure, it's, it's all fun and games until you get there and you actually do it and you this really sucks um so i mean it's a lot of physical um because if you just physically can't do it then you just can't do it 
uh, but a lot of it's psychological because the psychological aspect can ruin you. You can you can recover in a physical aspect, but mm. psychologically, it could take some time to really build yourself and be strong enough to be able to handle that long of just sitting on a bicycle. Right. So I think getting used to boredom mm. and not only that, but being able to tell yourself to keep going and that the human body has no limit. Mm. Um, it requires a, a strong psychological aspect, but I think it's equally of both mm. uh, in yeah. ultra cycling. Yeah, great answer. Very common answer amongst the guests. And I would say, you know, I do agree. If you can't physically do it, of course, then you can't. So that's well said. And I like when you said, you know, for the mental component, it really is about building up. It does take time. It's just sheer experience, really. You know, when you push yourself to your current limits and you realize you can go beyond them, then you can progress to things like the Race Across America. Now, I do want to turn our attention to some more photos that you sent. But first, I want to point people out to your Facebook page. They can definitely follow along with you. And there's this awesome photo that you have as your cover photo. There's yeah. you. And uh, I think many of the guests and many of the, the viewers would be familiar with this photo because it looks like Christmas Circle there in Borrego Springs. And of course, yep. <laughs> here is Marco Ballo himself, one of the premier ultra cyclists, Slovenian ultra racer. Tell me about this photo, Adam. Yeah, so that was uh, taken the day before the 6-12 24-hour World Time Trial Championships last year. Um, I was out there crewing for two of my great friends, Andy Christensen and uh, Mike Phillips. And uh, Mike messaged me months before the ride, and he was just like, hey, Marco's hosting this ride before the race. And he's like, do you want me to ship one of my bikes out there so you can ride it? I was like, sure. You know, so uh, we went out there, and we had just driven down to Borrego Springs. And, you know, there were so many people out there. It was just an incredible community out there. And there were so many just legends in in this community out there. And we went in and we rode and it, it felt awesome, you know, being able to, to ride with this, with these people. And it felt, I felt so privileged to be able to do it. So yeah, that was, that was definitely the experience of a lifetime. Probably it'll be a ride that I'll never forget. That's so cool, Adam. Yeah, it's, it's unique that someone your age, now I can relate, I was 20 when I started, you're 17, so I can only imagine how much more special it is and just crazy these adventures are for you. It's awesome that you're able to do them at such a young age. Again, I can relate because I started pretty young myself and it's, it's pretty cool what you can do as an ultra cyclist and then also just the fun adventures you get yourself and then even with your family. So I am curious, you've done quite a few events already in your short amount of time as a cyclist. Which has been your favorite event? Ooh, um, probably Sebring this year. Um, that was uh, my first time ever really riding that fast for that long. Uh, my fastest double century to that point. My fa I had done a 24-hour race. Um, Gosh, I think it was probably nine, eight, nine months beforehand. And I was out of shape. I'll just admit that. I was very fat. <laughs> I had a lot of body fat and I didn't train that much. And I did 202 miles in 20 hours and 30 minutes. And I, about a month after, a month, two months afterwards, I decided, you know, I need to go on a diet and I need to start losing weight before my next couple of events, you know, 
I don't know what I'm going to do and how far I'm going to go with this kind of condition. My body being in this condition, there's no way I'm going to be able to do anything, you know, mm. experimental or anything big. So I started losing weight and I dropped weight very fast. And Sebring was really my first race that I was able to, you know, bring my inner demons out and just go and mm. just unleash the beast and just go as hard as I could. And my goal was to break the course record was 187 miles mm. in uh, 12 hours. And I said out there, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to try after this record. And um, I went and that morning we got to the start. It was a little cold, not as cold as this last weekend, but mm. uh, it was pretty cold. And we rode and I was, I went as hard as I could and I just kept consistent all day and had a lot of fun. I was laughing and smiling my whole time and I finished the ride and I'd done 225 miles and I'd gotten second to another kid who was 18. So he at the time was two years older than me and uh, he beat me by three miles. So hmm. you know, that was, uh, I mean, it was it was an experience of a lifetime, even, you know, getting second, you know, sure that, that sucks. But, um, other than that, this, it was just the journey. It was just an amazing ride and I loved every second of it. That's cool. Great story and a great result. Second place and how many miles you did, especially that whole journey to get to that point. Now I do want to share with folks a photo that you sent here at the time station, time station 30 folks yeah. will recognize some of these faces here. And so how old were you here? Was this 2015? That was 2017. Oh. Um, and that was, I think, uh, on a Sunday afternoon. Um, it was the second day of which riders were coming through. Oh, okay. And yeah, that was Red Media 1. They stopped and I got a picture with them. That was before I started taking cycling seriously, obviously, oh. as my body condition. <laughs> yeah, so but, 2017. Uh, so, I mean, that wasn't too long ago. Now, here's another oh. photo. <laughs> Where you were still bigger built there. Yeah, that was my first race. That was, ah. yeah, I don't know what made me do this, but I decided to do a 24 hour race as my first race. <laughs> I, I saw everybody else and it sounded easy. And huh. it was the farthest thing from easy. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I was in bad shape and uh, barely, just barely finished that guy. But uh, yeah, it was, it wasn't that fun, but. It all worked out, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, times have changed. <laughs> yeah, and you've grown a lot, but it's cool that you even got started at such a young age, are taking it seriously even now. And I wouldn't say you, you, you spend a lot of time not taking it seriously. So that's even more amazing that you were able to make those necessary adjustments and take it so seriously. And of course, in such a short amount of time, you've improved dramatically. And like you said, you've also lost a lot of weight, which I'm sure you just feel great yourself. I'd like to know and just start from the beginning of your journey. So from the first time that you saw the Race Across America passing through your town there, let's kind of walk through that so that way people can get appreciation for how you got interested in ultra cycling, you know, and meeting Christoph Strasser in 2015 as well and others, and then leading ourselves back to this past weekend where you did an excellent result, 21.2 miles per hour. So tell me about, let's see, 2014, you missed Christoph. 
that year. Yeah. What had happened there? So you're there, Fort Scott, Kansas. Tell me about that story. Yeah. Yeah. So we had just gone to go get groceries and we came back and that was when they had an app tracking the race called Track Talus. Mm. Um, and it was read in a different time zone. So we were like, okay, so Strasser will be coming in about two hours later than we, than he actually came in. So he actually came in two hours earlier than we predicted or it was mm. somewhere around that range. And I guess at that point, nobody had really expected and thought about how long it would take him to ride from Yates Center to Fort Scott, which is only 60 miles. And I think he averaged like 18.6 miles an hour. So um, that's less than three hours or no, no, it's a little over three hours. Mm. And we went and we came back and my mom was just outside and saw him go by and that was it. But the next day we saw um, a few other riders come in, a guy named Nico Vasicia, which he is just an incredible athlete. He does uh, hiking, he does cycling, he does running, he is yeah. absolutely incredible and it's just an insane athlete and he stopped and saw all of our kit all of us kids and there were you know gosh i don't know probably 10 15 kids out there and we were all cheering them on and you know him and his crew were there and it was just it was an amazing experience and then uh i think that same day we met ender's test guard and oh, we yeah. saw them and yeah. uh one of his crew uh guys his name is christian he signed all of our bikes so that cool. began another thing of signing our bikes and uh yeah that was just an incredible journey and it it got it just blew up from there and we met so many people and we i just began to appreciate the race a whole lot more um from Mm. that point it's just i was just hooked it was just i don't know what took me it just it just grabbed my attention so much and i was like (laughs) wow this is just incredible i love this yeah so the next year we started doing it and um you know, me and all my friends were all like super impressed with these ultra people and what they were doing. And it just, it just amazed us and inspired us. And we we're all like going out and doing these, these little group rides. And we we're like mimicking the Ram racers, like acting like we have aero bars on our BMX bikes. <laughs> and we were, you know, just going out and riding and having a fun time. We just, we were so excited for Ram the next year. And, you know, we talked about it. It's, all the time and it just spread and it just grew from there and got me to where I am now my friends moved away since then and uh you know nobody really goes out and rides with me anymore since we went from eight miles to my now usual ride like ride at about 25 miles and nobody really wants to ride with me anymore (laughs) but uh you know it's 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 just been a journey you know so uh, and after 2015 I was just I was just addicted. I'm like, this is my life now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty cool story. Thanks for sharing that with us, Adam. A very unique way to get started. And I guess perhaps one of the best ways to get started because you're really starting with this perspective and this paradigm of the most elite race you could do, meeting some of the elite ultra endurance cyclists from all around the world. So that's a really awesome way to to get started with something. And even like you said, you did your first ride. It was a 24-hour event. And I would say, you know, you may look back and think, or at that time, or some other people might think, geez, that was kind of silly to start with such a high ambition. But honestly, I always think if you start at that point, it's, it can only be downhill from there, right? 
And, yeah, and, yeah. and if you had such a difficult time and, and you were regretting it during the ride, you make it to the end, you made it to the end, you lived, you survived. And all of a sudden <laughs> in your mind, you start realizing, geez, if I could do it with hardly any fitness, hardly any training, overweight and all these things, imagine if I could shave five pounds here, shave 10 pounds there, if I could train a little extra, if I could eat a little better, dial in my nutrition, all of a sudden you start realizing, okay, you know, this next goal, it's possible in these ways. And I think that's the beauty of ultra cycling that, you know, as you progress in your distances and your times of all your events, that uh, it's, it's not that you're necessarily just a crazy exceptional person, although you are and many athletes are, but it's really just a matter of logic. Like you do one step and then you can see how you could take the next step and then next and heck, before you know it, you'll be at the starting line of the race across America, Adam. <laughs> yeah. Someday. <laughs> yeah. <Soon. laughs> so you were riding with your friends. You were just doing seven or eight miles every day, really just having yeah. fun. But that's the best way to get started, right? You got to enjoy what you're doing, especially if you can be riding that many miles, putting your body through that much pain and, and asking so much of your, your body and your mind. But then in 2018, yeah, you really started taking things seriously. You did your first 100K ride, 62 miles, right? And yes, yes. then it was that same year that you actually rode with Christoph Strasser into your town, right? Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah. Tell us yeah, about that. Uh, that's, that's, that's exceptional. I don't know how many people could say they've ridden with Christoph before. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it started with a few months before I was like, I had a goal of riding in with every rider of the race. I was like, you know what? I'm going to ride with these racers. Cause at the time I thought there's no way I'm ever going to be able to race against these people. I'm never going to be in shape enough to race with these people. Why don't I just ride with them for like two miles? Yeah. And I rode with, with, I, I saw Strasser's crew come into town and I, I asked him about it. I was like, Hey, can I do this? And I was like, yeah, no problem. So he was expecting me to ride with him and we mm -hmm. rode together and I actually, uh, <laughs> I partially dropped him on one of the Hills coming into town <laughs> and, um, he, he was like, you're too fast. And I was just like, Oh, okay. So I just, you know, waited and, and pedal off a little bit, but it was incredible just how fast he was going after he'd been on his bike for almost five days already and mm. it just amazed me and i was just i was it was just incredible but i started i rode with a few other riders and then they put in a rule uh midway through the race that you couldn't ride with any riders of the race that hmm. kind of just threw that out the window but um you know i'm really glad that i got that experience and maybe next year i'll even uh, race with strasser so uh yeah that's very exciting well, I'm glad you were able to do that. A very unique experience. Again, not sure how many people can say they've done similar. And especially <laughs> dropping Strasser. Wow. <laughs> that's a highlight. Yeah, that's, that's, probably the only, that's probably the only time it'll ever happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he must have had so much fun with it. And I bet it gave him some fun motivation uh, through that stretch into Fort Scott, Kansas. So uh, thanks for sharing that story. So then, of course, you started taking things more and more seriously. In 2019, just last year, you did get your first bike, and you were about 190 pounds, but then you rode your 24-hour race. And like you said, it was, a, it was a grueling day, 20 hours, 30 minutes on the saddle, 9.9 .9 miles per hour, but 202 yeah. miles. 
That's that's amazing. Even being out of shape, overweight, I mean, you didn't give up. So I don't (laughs) think that it's a mistake that you are an ultra cyclist, even at your age, because as I said earlier, it very much sounds like you already have the ultra endurance mindset. And so perhaps you were just born with that kind of gift as well, because it does take (laughs) an exceptional person, not just through experience and training, but really just the inner grit to be able to stick with it. And I mean, a 24 hour race, and let's see at that point, that was 2019, was it? Yeah. Yes. So you were 16 years old. You Actually, I was still 15 at that point. You were 15. So, okay. Yes. <laughs> so you were 15 years old. You signed up and you actually completed a 24 hour event. That's incredible. Yes. <laughs> and so I think there's no excuses for the rest of us, but <laughs> well done. And, you Thank know, you. just a couple episodes ago, we had somebody, uh, who broke the 24-hour outdoor road record, which actually yes. Christoph Strasser did hold before, and it it stood since 2015, so since the first time that you actually saw him. And yeah. <laughs> the same story with this gentleman, Stanko Verstoshek, another Slovenian yep. rider. He also has that same kind of gift that many ultra cyclists do have, that mental strength and fortitude and that ability to keep pushing even when it gets tough and even when our bodies tell us that we can't keep going. And so I'm, I'm very excited genuinely to watch your journey because you can only get stronger from here and, and you have the, the mindset. And so perhaps it's just a matter of dialing in the physical aspects. As you said, it's half mindset, half physical, as you continue to get better and better there and you've already grown in leaps and bounds. And then once you get your nutrition also dialed in, I think you'll be a yeah. force to be reckoned with and definitely look forward to seeing you on the podium there with Christoph one day. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. <laughs> yeah. And then, so of course, let's see, last year, 2019, it was July that you started losing weight, really starting to take your training seriously, eating less. You got to 139 yeah. pounds at the 6, 12, 24 hour. That was in Borrego Springs last year, the World Time Trial Championships. And then, of course, we did show the photo with you and Marco and other riders there. And I'd love to pull up those photos again here. And so that's you there, 139 pounds. Wow. So that was about (laughs) over 50 pounds lighter. Yeah. (laughs) That's so cool. And so, of course, at that time, while you were out in Borrego, you were crewing for someone. And then you also had the opportunity to climb the Montezuma grade glass elevator. Uh, how was that experience for you? That must've been fun. Usually in the race across America, you're going down, you were going up. How did, how did it feel? Yeah, how did, it was, it was really, you know, after being up for, you know, almost 24 hours the day before um, and then going to bed that night and then getting up, you know, a little bit earlier and going up the mountain, I started it and I was like, wow, I, I can do this. And I went up and around the curves, around the curves and, I was having a, a lot of fun until, you know, yeah. about nine miles into it. And then I started really feeling it. And I just, uh, I, I, I never climbed anything like that before. And finally I got to the top. I was like, wow, that was really amazing. So I didn't ride down. Uh, my mom told me that I was not allowed to ride down. I could ride up, mm. but I couldn't ride down. But you yeah. know, I, I rode to the top and, and drove down, but that was, 
absolutely incredible. I mean, it hurt a little bit, but <laughs> other than that, it was great. We went back to the house and then I flew home that day and it was just incredible. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty neat. It's cool that you were able to get such an experience. Very yeah. exceptional, you know, climbing from the low desert floor up there. And, you know, it can get quite windy. It could also get hot and a lot of, a lot of fun. Going down would be a blast, but, you know, yeah. uh, geez, I, I'm sure you've seen in the Race Across America, the guys just bombing down there. I'm sure you could hit 65 miles per hour going down there pretty easily if you're comfortable. But there are some quite a few turns so you have to be comfortable and and i will admit i'm also a bit on the conservative side when it comes to descending especially when there's a crosswind (laughs) yeah yes definitely okay so now bringing us back to 2020 now this year so last year it was kind of laying a foundation you lost a bunch of weight you started really training seriously you did some nice big events you got a lot of experience you got to see more racers like marco and others in February of this year, you did the Sebring 12-hour event. You, you beat the course record, as you were explaining, and that was a fantastic result, 19.1 miles per hour. And there was somebody that beat you by three miles, so I'm, I'm sure yeah. that's good motivation for next year, I suppose. Uh, do you plan to be back there? Uh, so with the uncertainty of Sebring happening, um, they were talking about doing it in late February, um, but I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to get time from school because I'm doing two years of school at once right now hmm. um, and still doing, having a job at the same time. And I, you know, I plan to do pace bin uh, to take over Sebring spot. My goal was to do 250 at Sebring this year, um, which was very possible uh, this coming hmm. year, but I'm decided you know, I'm going to go ahead and do pace bin instead um, and just explore all the races and, and we'll see. If I do have the time off and everything works out, um, then maybe I will do Sebring too. So I I don't know. If I go to Sebring, I'm going to go out there and uh, definitely work a lot harder than last year. I mean, not I, last year, but a lot has changed. It's been eight months since Sebring. So right. we'll see about uh, beating a course record next year. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. I hope everything works out, but I'm sure whatever you do in 2021, there'll be some really great results. I hope you have a lot of fun with that. And <laughs> yeah, it's it's just exceptional what you've done in such a short amount of time again. And and I do look forward to to following that journey. And I'm sure many others will. So I do encourage people to follow you on Facebook and follow that journey. I think it is an exceptional one, you know, from your beginnings and how you got started, how you got exposed to ultra cycling. It obviously the toughest ultra cycling event in the world to race across America. And so I, I think there can only be good stories to tell uh, through, through time and many more adventures to come. Now, kind of as we close out on this segment, I am curious just on a few kind of day-to-day uh, things related to your training and things like that. What does that look like for you? I mean, from one week to another, what are you doing for your training? Yeah, so I usually do um, about five days a week of cycling. And that can consist of anywhere between five and 10 rides. Um, every ride, over 20 miles a piece. And so I'm usually averaging somewhere between 150 to 200 miles a week, uh, depending on the week, whether I have to taper for a race or anything like that. Uh, but I, some days I'll decide I'm going to go out and ride flats today. Um, and then the next day I'll be like, okay, I'm going to go do climbing today. 
Uh, a lot of it depends on the weather. Um, if the wind's out of the north, it's a good day to go out and do climbing. Mm. If the wind is out of the south and it's pretty warm, it's a good day to go out and do flats. Um, if the temperature is horrible, it's a good day. Might as well go mountain biking. So, I mean, it, it changes uh, week by week. I don't think I've really had any two consistent weeks in a row. But mm. earlier this year, I was doing a lot of, you know, 200-mile-plus weeks. But after a while, working, school, and cycling all that same time, I began getting very tired and overtraining a lot. And I just, you know, I started cutting back the miles a little bit more and just getting more out of my, more out of my rides uh, and doing less riding, but getting more out of my rides, uh, which has actually gotten me faster uh, consequently. So I'm not riding to lose weight now. I'm riding to get stronger. So um, that's, that's, cool. just, that's how my training is now. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's awesome. It sounds like you've figured out a lot. Now I'm curious, do you have a coach or how have you learned all of this just on your own? Yeah. So I don't have a coach. Uh, I've just been getting loads of guidance from friends and family um, and just doing a lot of it on my own. Uh, just a lot of trial and error, um, finding out what works for me because no two people are the same. Hmm. Um, so I, but a lot of it does come from friends and, and family. That's where a large majority comes from. And a lot of it comes off the internet too. So, mm. I mean, I've done a lot wrong, but, uh, I've done a lot right too. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, we always fail forward and we learn, and that's one of the best ways. I think it's just about not being afraid or having the fear to start. And so you're well on your way. And it is pretty astounding that, you know, with ultra cyclists, we all have to balance our lives, but it's unique in your case. You are young. There's different challenges at a young age. Of course, you are still going to school. You're working even at 17 years old. You're paying for all of your bicycles. And so I think just in general, what I've gathered from talking with you today is that you really are a high-performing individual and that you have the mental capacity and willingness to do these kinds of things and everything that ultra cycling requires of us as individuals. And, and so I can only imagine as you mature and as you grow older and you gain more experience, do more events, again, I think there's just a lot of exciting things in store for you. And I'm sure all of your friends and family, they must be just incredibly impressed at the journey that you've made and, and all of the changes that you've made in just such a short amount of time. Tell me a bit about that. Well, I mean, I've, I've, I've had a lot change, you know, my family... They, uh, I think a lot of them don't really understand exactly what I'm doing. My friends definitely don't know what I'm, understand what I'm doing. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, a lot of them are just like, okay, so you're going to go out and ride 100 miles this weekend. I'm like, yeah, they're just like, why? You know, they don't understand uh, my, my focus and my motivation to do it because all of them are going to go out and party all weekend and, and go hang out with friends and I'm going to go out and just sit on my butt and ride my bike so <laughs> I you know a lot of, I think a lot of people don't really understand but you know my body composition has changed a lot and when I was in the process of changing my body composition you know on a week-to-week basis I was looking very different mm. getting sick a lot and um, a lot of malnourishment and stuff like that and I was I come to work some days and I just be drained mm. and everybody be like dude you need to start eating and, um, you know, I, since then I've gotten out of that, but, uh, 
you know, I, I think a lot of people don't understand what I'm doing and a lot of people don't really have the same appreciation that I have about it. Mm. Um, cause then, you know, they do their own things, but, uh, yeah, that's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can relate, Adam. And I would say, you know, you very much are a pioneer, a leader. You're built that way. You have the mindset for that. And it sometimes it is lonely when you're out on the front trailblazing because people don't get you. But you should yeah. know because you've almost been raised in the ultra cycling family. You've seen the top and the best. You've seen the race across America. So for you, it should be very easy to stay motivated because you know exactly what you're doing and you know the people that are involved. And of course, that's the beautiful thing about ultra cycling is the community around it. Everyone is so supportive and caring and it's, it really is one big family. And it's, so it's cool to have you also in the family, probably one of the younger, if not the youngest. And I know there are other exceptional young athletes as well. And we hope to have many of them on the show also. And it's nice because, of course, there's a lot of opportunity for you to also be very fast. And there's, you know, I think with the right mentors, as you've had already to get you to this point and the right training, and as you figure things out, there could be uh, the next wave of ultra cyclists, which would be really awesome. And I'm sure one day we'll see you at the, the large events. And I wouldn't rule out a race across America. I know it may seem really far off for you one day, but, you know, on that subject, you know, in your bucket list. So you did talk about the yeah. 500 miles in 24 hours. Would you say the race across America is on your bucket list? Yeah, I would like to do it, you know, not preferably as a solo. I mean, needless to say, the future is still out there. I'm not going to predict yeah. the future, but, you know, I think that, you know, maybe if I do it as a team first, obviously that's going to give me an even deeper aspect. Um, but crewing, has a lot to do with that too. I mean, just crewing for it, you can tell what they're going through and stuff, but I mean, you yourself are not going through, you're not going to get the deep experience until you do it. Right. So, I mean, it's something as close as doing it, like as a two person team, even you're doing half the race right there. If you can do mm -hmm. half the race, surely with a little bit more training, a lot more balance and stuff like that, you can do it the whole thing by yourself. But I, I don't know. I mean, maybe someday we'll, we'll see how <laughs> things will go. We'll see about, you know, maybe 500 miles in 24 hours first, obviously, but yeah, I, I probably not until my thirties. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's nice that you do have that balanced approach and you are setting realistic goals and expectations, but uh, I would warn you if you stick around people like Marco Bell and Christoph Strasser, you know, any bad things can happen with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay adam you know it is difficult for you you're balancing your life people may not understand you even family friends what's motivating you then what keeps you you know going you're biking quite a lot every week i mean even for regular cyclists you know road racers people that are doing it you know week to week have a lot of friends doing it you know it's tough for them to stay motivated what is really keeping you getting on your saddle every day day in and day out um, I really don't know what motivates me, but if anything, it's, I don't want to be overweight and out of shape ever mm -hmm. again. I don't want to be in that ever again. So I know that if I keep going and I keep persistent, I will not lose what I've built up. What I've built up is, you know, as a foundation and I'm just slowly building the tower as hard, as high as I could possibly build it. And I don't want to go down a story in my tower. I just want to keep building as much as I can. And it's just, it's something that's just within me. It's just telling me, 
dude, you got to go out and train. You know, like today I, I've been off my bike. I haven't been on my bike since Saturday and I'm just like, all right, I'm going to have to get on my bike and ride for a little while. But, you know, it's, it's just something inside me that, that tells me, dude, you need to do this or mm. you can do this. There's nothing stopping you. You, you got to do it, you know? So yeah. <laughs> I, it's something inside. I really don't, I don't know what motivates me. Mm. Well, I think you explained it quite well there. And, and I think you do have some, some inner ambitions on the one hand, I think just watching and being inspired by the race across America and everything you've been a part of now. And, and I'm sure just all the success that you've been having is, is keeping you going forward. And, and that's very exciting. You did share this photo here on your indoor trainer. You did the 60 V uh, Ram event earlier this year, man, really looking good there. And that was your light speed bicycle. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. looking, looking great there, Adam. And I'm sure you must be proud and your family must be proud of all the, the weight that you've taken off and the, just the, the level of your health. Now I'm sure you feel it and you must feel great. This is an yeah. awesome photo. What, what event was this? Uh, that was at uh, Texas time trials uh, just cool. last month, actually. Wow. Now tell me, do you feel like a badass sitting there amongst people who are probably double or triple your age? Well, well, at the time I was kind of cocky and I thought, you know what, this is a bunch of old guys. I can just beat them all up in this race, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So I, but I didn't know what I was getting into in that race. It was really bumpy pavement. It was super hilly and it was quite windy that day. And I stayed on my bike the whole race, the whole six hours. Well, I, I actually uh, didn't finish the six hours. I did five hours, 35 minutes. Um, but, you know, I was, I felt cocky, you know. I felt, you know what, I'm going to go out here and I'm just going to blow all these guys up. But uh, it didn't really work out that way. But I started, I don't know what it was. I couldn't get my body to go at full speed. You know, my first lap was only 21.1 mile per hour average. Or something like that. So, I mean, mm. it really wasn't that that fast, but. You know, I didn't, I don't think I got passed by anybody the whole race. I think I just kept passing people. So, I mean, hmm. I, 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 I don't know. I, I felt like I just blended in. I was one of them, you know, so. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you definitely, you definitely play the part well, Adam. I love it. Your whole set of <laughs> glasses, helmet, the bike. I mean, I'm sure many cyclists would be envious of a nice setup like that. You really have everything dialed in there. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just got in a bike fit actually two days beforehand on that bike. So that kind of uh, was not a great idea before the event, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, two days before the event, I got a bike fit. So <laughs> well, I'm glad you bit. were able to capture such a nice photo. It, it's definitely one that you should frame up. I'm sure in 10 years time, when you look back, <laughs> you'll just get a yeah. <laughs> out of it. Now, of course we have another photo here. Yes. What if it was this? That was a Sebring. That was probably, um, I think 60 miles into it nice. around that. I was still riding very fast and um, I was just trying to, to catch people down and mm-hmm. the wind was not in my favor, but uh, you know, I felt, I felt really good at that point And I was, I felt like I'm going to go out here and just give it my all today. And uh, mm. yeah, that was a Sebring and the little, That's cool. I was up there near the front, not like in the back of me like that, but yeah. I mean, it was, that was, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, looking at this photo, Adam, that looks like the face, the demeanor, and the position of a champion right there. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, I'd actually, uh, I didn't have sunglasses on because when we were on the racetrack, 
Um, cause we do three laps on the racetrack and then go out and do the first hundred. And then we keep doing 10 mile loops for the rest of the day mm. on the racetrack that morning. I dropped my sunglasses. So oh, I had no sunglasses God. the whole race. Wow. I, I kept yelling to my crew. Well, my crew guy, he was crewing for me and Mike mm. uh, Phillips. And he said, I was like, dude, I need some sunglasses, anything, you know? And I was screaming. I was like, I need something. My eyes are burning out here. Oh my goodness. And, <laughs> but you know, it was, I felt you know, my sunglasses were gone and that was that, but yeah, it was a sad story about the sunglasses. But yeah. It was great. The race was great. Funny story. <laughs> and it's interesting how little things like that always crop up and try to derail you, but glad you're able to finish that and glad your eyes are okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And of course this last weekend, here you are looking cool again, your gorilla century ride with the spectacular yeah. performance, 21.2 miles per hour definitely something to be proud of and so I'm yeah, sure that you... was uh, yeah that was something else i was actually uh i was not in bare skin on my legs either those were actually pantyhose ah yeah so my dad brought that up to me before on my birthday actually he was like you know it's going to be cold during this event uh, have you thought about wearing pantyhose and because they're perfect for temperature varying temperature and stuff like that and i was like oh man i don't want to go to the women's section at walmart you know so I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh man. So I walk in there and I buy pantyhose and I, I go home and I try, I'm just like, you know what? I guess I'll wear them. So I tried them out and hmm. I did the ride and, you know, I was still freezing cold, but, you know, not to nearly any extent. I didn't have to wear leg warmers or anything like that. So, I mean, it, it, it worked out pretty fine, but everybody thought I was wearing bare skin, but no, I wasn't. <laughs> oh, that's pretty unique. First time I've heard of yeah. somebody using that, I'm although I, I wouldn't... Uh... I wouldn't think people don't, but what was the issue with the regular leg warmers? Well, I, they, I kind of had the feeling that it was going to get warmer that day. Um, mm. The temperature said that it was going to go up into the mid forties, which at that point I would just go out there with no leg warmers at all. It would just be, you know, Jersey arm warmers and, and shoes. And that would be about it. Maybe a wind vest, but I thought, you know what, it's going to get warmer. And it did not get warmer. So I was like, oh, man. You know? yeah. But the, the pantyhose are, are great with varying temperatures because mm. they are, they're not too hot and they keep you warm enough when it's cold. So they, they worked out for me. Um, but, you know, I wasn't, you know, freezing cold bare skin. But, you know, I was kind of disappointed it didn't warm up during the day. But I was prepared mm. for it. And yeah. that's what the pantyhose yeah. were for. Yeah, no, glad you had some solution and a supportive father who is willing to make the sacrifice into the woman's aisles. <laughs> <laughs> I now, work at Walmart, so I mean, I'm kind of used to it. <laughs> oh, okay, that's cool. Now, I will say something that, that I've been accustomed to, of course, in riding, you know, primarily double century races uh, here in California. So you tend to start early in the morning, and depending on where you're riding, you know, varying temperatures and, and climates. And so typically you always have to start with some kind of leg warmers. And, and generally a few hours in, once it starts warming up, we just uh, on the bike or even stopped at a light, but perhaps in your case, there wasn't any stop. So just on the bike coasting behind people, just rolling, rolling down the, the leg warmers and actually just keeping them at your ankles. And that's actually quite common. So you, you might want to try that next time. It actually works yeah. quite well, both with the arm warmers and leg warmers. And so it's been a really fun time chatting with you. And I just have a couple fun questions, sprint round to the finish line, just to end on a fun note, but do look forward to having you on the show again very soon. 
But until then, of course, I will be following your journey. We're friends on Facebook, and I hope others will connect with you because I think there's a great story in the making, but also a great story that has already been told in your life just in the last five years since your introduction to RAM. So Adam, fun, fun way to end here. When will your next long training ride be and how long do you expect it to be? Oh, um, probably, probably sometime in mid-November, I'm thinking um, maybe a 120-mile ride or something like that. And I'm hoping I can do that at night because Pace <laughs> Bend uh, starts at midnight and ends at noon. Oh, so I need oh. to get started. I need to get used to riding in the middle of the night. Um, usually my, my night rides are in the late evening and into the early night, but nothing, nothing riding late night, three, four or five o'clock in the morning or anything like that. And then ending at noon. So mm. maybe 120 miles or something like that. I need to get used to riding a little bit longer like that. So yeah, that'll That's be cool. a little needed. Yeah, I must say for your age and even even if you were older, I think you have a certain level of discipline that a lot of people don't and you're really taking things seriously. And that's great. And that only means that, uh, you know, long, long road ahead of you of success. So well done. Now, how about, you know, you have six bicycles, you're riding a lot every week. How yeah. would you rate yourself in terms of bicycle maintenance on a scale of one to 10, 10 being great, you know? <laughs> Changing out your your tires, lubing your chains, the works, cleaning your bike. I'm about a negative two. A negative. Wow. Okay. I think that's <laughs> <on> the show. <laughs> that's hilarious. No, I, yeah, I can I can switch out, I can shift my bike, I can switch out wheels, I can switch out all that good stuff. Changing a tire, I'm barely qualified to do. Um <laughs> I I can you know install saddles I can you know do all this fancy stuff when it comes to a derailleur breaking and turning my bike into a single speed forget it I, I'm not quite able to do that um, <laughs> or even an overhaul on a bike I can't overhaul a bike I can't do a routine check on a bike I can't do any of that yeah. um, so I'm I'm not that great my dad does that for me so oh, but cool. I'm learning I'm learning so. No, that's good. Yeah, I mean, it takes time. So we'll, we'll, we'll give you a break there. But yeah, negative two, we'll get you to the, the zero <laughs> to par and then <laughs> that's funny. Okay, what is your dream bicycle, Adam? Or do you already own it? Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, I'm starting to think. Um, probably, ooh, this is a tough one. Um, probably a... A Cervelo P5X, I think. I really like that bike. It's a, mm. it's a cool bike. It's it's funky looking and it's it just looks cool to be honest. And I would have that with like a Shimano Durace Di2, and then uh, a set of Envy uh, deep carbon wheels and yeah. uh, an Envy disc. Yeah, I mean that's probably my dream bike right there. But like for a road bike, probably a Canyon Air Road. I really like that bike. Ah, yes, yes. Very, very popular. Cool. Yeah, no, can't wait to see you on those sweet rides, but glad you already have <laughs> some some really nice bikes that you can enjoy <laughs> and that uh, you can make look good with all your speed and they make you, uh, they do you justice because you are a fast rider. So well done. All right, Adam, final question. Who would you nominate for a future episode? Somebody that has inspired you or a story that you would just love to know more about yourself? Uh, a guy named Mike Phillips. He lives in Locust Grove, Virginia. Um, he has helped me so much in, in my ultra cycling. He crewed for Andy Christensen in Ram 18. 
and he crewed for Marco in Ram last year. So, and he's uh, doing race across the West this year. Um, and he has uh, goals to someday do a uh, race across America solo. Um, and he's helped me so much. He's, he, he's, he's just a really great person. Um, he always uh, lives by the, uh, the saying of pay it forward. Hmm. And, you know, I, I think that he very much deserves to be on this show because he has a lot, he has a great story to tell. Um, you know, he has been through a lot. Uh, he went from being very overweight, um, hmm. you know, a kind of a like story like mine. And since then he's turned his diet around and he's gotten really fit and he's 58 years old and he's out riding hundreds of miles and, and, you know, he's, he's just an incredible athlete and I really think that he should be on the show. That's cool. Thanks for that nomination, Adam. Sounds like a great guy and look forward to hearing all about his story as well, but thank you again for taking the time out of, I'm sure what is a busy teenage schedule that you have. You're doing a lot <laughs> more than the typical teenager. So I think your parents should be very proud and <laughs> glad to have you in the ultra cycling family. Glad to meet you. Thanks for sharing your experiences with us. And, you know, I really do look forward to following your journey. And I think it'll be exciting to see what you're able to do as you continue to sign up for some of these ultra events that many of us are familiar with. And I hope to see you either in California or at other uh, state at some event. And it'd be cool to meet you in person. But until then, I will look great. forward to following you online and staying connected, but glad to be able to capture your story. I know it's just at the still the very beginning, but you've accomplished a lot already. And so we'll be cheering you on. Thanks again, Adam. Thank you so much. All right, everyone watching at home. Thanks for tuning in today for this awesome episode with a very young and promising up and coming athlete who has accomplished a lot already could give me a run for my money in one of the time trials with the average speed that he just rode his century in. And so let's cheer him on as another member in the ultra cycling family. I know there's a nice long road ahead of him. Hope you get to see him at one of the events coming up and and uh, let's see if we can give him some competition, give him a run for his money, and we'll look forward to following his journey. Hope that he's also given you a lot of inspiration, definitely an incredible story at such a young age. I think what I've gathered from today's episode is that there's no excuse. Nothing should hold us back. So until next episode, everyone, keep spinning ultra. Ultra.